This is the Third Draft Podcast, the show where we interview all your favorite, coolest, funniest, awkward, and out-of-this-world online sensations. I'm Simhue. And I'm Mash. And together we bring you fresh interviews every week on cliffcentral.com where we talk to some of your favorite content creators about the business of content creation, how they come up with the content, and of course... The bag. How much money they're making, honey? Oh, yes. So catch fresh episodes every Wednesday on cliffcentral.com. On YouTube. And on podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever, wherever you, you get, get your podcasts. What's your favorite drink? In what context? Mm. Let's start. Cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you mean she was by like, that? In what context? No, but, record. See, one thing about me, I try to know what I like in life, Nje. So you must be specific when you want answers from me. Have we even started this podcast? You want to start it, maybe? And this is the third draft podcast. And as Per usual, I am not riding solo. I have my partner in crime, the coolest dude in the building right now. It is the one and only Matt. Hello, hello, Simpu. How are you feeling today about our exciting guest? I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm feeling great. I'm slightly nervous, and I think it's because I caught her energy. She literally said before the show, oh, "I'm feeling a bit nervous," and now I'm like, "Yo, my heart kadum 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 kadum." I don't know. The pressure is getting worse. Huh? I'm like, nervous <laughs> way. She she's ex- she's she's just exuding so much confidence and such good vibes that I was Sha- like, I feel like I've known her all my life. I'm talking to my friend. I'm like, girl, how get going? <laughs> like, what's popping? You know, who sent you that WhatsApp message today? <laughs> <laughs> Our guest today is none other than the also gorgeous. Give me that lingo, that gorgeous. It's because, it's because in our minds, in our hearts, in our spirits, in our bodies, we think she's a friend. We're just like, ah, show me, show me. We're joined by none other than Foyin OG. Did I say it correctly? Yes, you did. Miss OG in the building. Yes. She is a beauty influencer. She has her own style blog. She is just multifaceted. You do so many things. In this life, uh, you have to do many things. Uh, We are constant hustlers. And I'm happy with all of the titles under my belt. <laughs> can you share with us some of your handles, some of your um, platforms where people can find you apart from YouTube and all of that? Um, that's the thing. I'm pretty much on every platform. And luckily, because I'm probably the only Foyin in this country, mm-hmm. I have the same handle everywhere. It's just Foyin OG, F-O-Y-I-N-O-G on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, um, YouTube. Yeah, I think that was actually it. <laughs> Can, wow. She's such a professional. She's plugging her socials now at the beginning. Quick fast in the beginning. Yeah. Quick fast. When people are still listening and they're like, oh, okay, girl, let me see who is this. No, they need, a, they need to check up on me in the beginning mm. so that the rest of the conversation exactly. makes sense in context. You get yes. mm. And also, your name is so unique. You're probably the first result. <laughs> Unlike <laughs> some of us, Bomesh, no. where there's 3,000. And then you underscore double I E. And Don't remind me. <laughs> no, that's actually the funny thing. If you just Google Fony, you will get a bunch of like Chinese gardening websites. Excuse me, what? I don't know how, I don't know why, but that's actually one of the most interesting things. So, but if you Google Foyin OG, I'll be the one that pops up. 
No. The one and only. The one and only. Maybe that's a sign. Just side hustle, Yana. She gets, you know, gotta go on the plump business. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're here today because we want to chat with you about your content creation and about all the ways that you're creating content. Because, of course, you're not just on social media. You also have your own blog. So we would like to find out more about that. But before we get into any of that, yes, we're going to go straight into our pairing. It's yes. time for the pairing. Time for the pairing. Dun, 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 dun. So Simpu is going to explain this part of the show. All right. So you have a drink in front of you. Okay. And we always uh, get our guests to guess what the drink is. Oh, it's a blind tasting. Okay. No, no, you can't taste it. Okay. That's you good. must just guess. Um, and this drink basically represents what we think about you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, well, it's pink. All right. Um, more like a rosé shade. Got some bubbles in it, so okay. that means I feel like it's giving like fun, loving, and bubbly, like something light, girly, especially because I do makeup. Um, is it an alcoholic bev? Yes, yes. That's why, like, instinctively, I just say, is it rose? Is it something of that nature? Well, is it a um, brittle fruit? Is well, it- do you, what's your final answer? I feel like you're giving us a, a few. <laughs> what's your final answer? Okay, is it a is it a spirit wine Girl. or cider? What's your final answer? No, I like to make I like to make choices with full information. So I like to get as much information as I can before I commit uh, to get. You, you can even it. smell it if you need to. What's oh, this mind? is wine, child. <laughs> <laughs> See, like this is like I can do that. Like that's fine. Yeah, that was like mm-hmm. in like. 0.1 seconds. That's what I was trying to play fair. I was just trying to get more like information if I, we wanted to do completely blind, you know, uh, testing. Yeah. But if I'm allowed to smell it, guys, this is, I know wine. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I know wine. And your first guess, your first guess was correct. And that was the thing. Even before we started the podcast, I said, is this rosé? Immediately as you put it down, uh-huh. I said, is this rosé? I know, I know my grapes, guys. And that is why we chose this for yes. you because immediately you just knew it. Yes. Oh. And we chose rosé for you because as you, you actually explained it yourself. You said, <laughs> it's light because you're into makeup. It's light. It's pink. It is airy and it's a light one. Rosés are generally a light one. Yeah. You know, doing mm-hmm. your makeup, getting ready to go sun, out. You know, in sitting the sun. for lunch, mm. something soft, something light, something, something for the soft. dolls, you know, yes. nothing crazy, nothing hectic. Exactly, yes. and that's how we can, we, this can we drink it. Yes, oh, yes. oh, okay. oh that's cheers, cheers. Cheers. Yes. there we go. <laughs> now we can start with the interview. Yes, yeah, take a good <sighs> laugh. I love it. I love it. <laughs> now, let's get into it. Now, let's get into how much money you're making. Child, how much <laughs> is in the bank, <laughs> guys? I am trying not to get audited by SARS again, so please can we just. <laughs> Okay, so you did not arrive here in an Uber black and you did not just drop a couple of... Okay, cool. Uh, babe, nothing was <laughs> dropped except maybe my self-esteem. There's nothing of that nature, please. <laughs> okay, so let's start in the beginning, right? For those who don't know who you are, how would you describe you? Um, I think the easiest way to describe me, as you mentioned before, is like multifaceted, multi-talented, you know, multicultural. I am Nigerian by heritage. I was born in Zim and I grew up in Johannesburg, went to school in Cape Town and now I'm back in the mother city. Oh. That's the wrong one, the 011, the city of gold. Guys, see, I was, I've been out of the city for so long. I don't even know what you call it anymore. Anyways. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think that really informs who I am and my heritage. My mom has a background in fashion. My dad, um, he's an engineer, but he has a background in music. And I feel like those artsy sides of my parents, which were obviously like most traditional African parents, those were kind of put on the wayside to pursue more like profitable ventures, like engineering and accounting, which is what my parents did. Exactly. Things of that nature. So when I was 
in high school and growing up in general, I always think of myself as someone who was raised on the internet. So when I was around 12, that was when I created my first Twitter account. Um, and basically I don't even know if you could, like, I could leave social media, even if I tried, like it is that deeply ingrained into who I am. And that exposed me to connecting with people all over the world. I made a lot of friends online. I explored different um, avenues and it really brought me into the blogosphere. So I know you mentioned my blog, which was actually a shock to me because girl, that child has not been updated in many years. <laughs> anyway, that's neither here nor there, but that was my first love and writing and, um, photography were my first loves. I really love fashion. I love writing about fashion. I love writing about personal style. I love writing about trends and beauty and pop culture. I love fashion week. Fashion week was my thing in high school. I love just showing up after like school. Um, so that was pretty much where I found my footing online. And then I moved to Cape Town for varsity. And that's when I fell in love with beauty. Um, I like to tell the story of what like brought me to being a makeup artisan in the industry because I went to Nigeria when I was in first year. My cousin was getting married and that was really around the time of like the big Yoruba Owambe style, yes. like wedding and glam started to come into like um, the forefront, you know, that specific way of gele tying and having makeup artists come to your house to do your makeup and tie your gele. That's when it really started becoming super popular. So that was one of my first experiences with it. And that changed my life. Like legitimately that experience single-handedly changed my life. I said, this, this is what I want. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, and not only for myself, but to give that experience to other people. So a few years later, um, when I was in third year, um, if anyone is familiar with UCT and Fees Must Fall and what mm -hmm. happened in 2016, yes. you'll know that like school ended early and then we had an extended break, um, before the next year started again in like mid-March. So I had a lot of time on my hand and I was going through a lot. So I said, you know what? I'm going back, I'm going back home and I'm going to go come back with a skill. So I went to the House of Tara Makeup School in Lecky and I did the advanced makeup um, qualification. I came back and I said, let's push. Let's push any babe. Let's start doing faces. And I got really into that. And that's when I really focused more on my YouTube channel and trying to build that and just creating content and I was still studying at the time. I have a Bachelor of Business Science specializing in marketing ons. So that was like the world that I was coming from, trying to think of it more as a business perspective. Mm -hmm. And I think that is something that's also carried me throughout this career. Um, having that business mindset, being able to utilize those skills and ingratiate them into my content creation. But pretty much from then on, like once I graduated, I got a job, hated it, quit. And then I've literally just been pushing for the past three years now. Um, and no one tells you that quitting your job right before pandemic sucks, but I'm here to tell you that oh, it wow. sucks. It's really like a lot. <laughs> like you think you just have to figure out your own footing and then the entire world closes down. You're like, guys, I have no money. It was really crazy. But yeah, so we uh, fast forward a few years. We're here now. We're pushing beauty. We're yes. pushing lifestyle. We're pushing fashion. We're pushing, um, I don't want to say empowerment, but just mm -hmm. uplifting people. Girls, gays, and theys. I'm here for you guys. I'm here for the black girls. I'm here for the dark girls. I'm here for the foreigners. I'm here for you guys because you guys are here for me. So that's pretty much a very long story made longer somehow. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> you said a lot. And like with every point, I was like, I got a question. Exactly. I got a question. <laughs> <laughs> I got a question. Yes. Shoot. <laughs> first one. First, first one. You, you said you kind of like started at the age of 12. Yes. And I know it's rude to ask a lady what's her age. But how old are you now? Just to give context and... How long you've been in this game? I'm 26. I've literally spent most, what? more of my life 
online than I have off of it. Like, I think Ooh. my first like real social media was Polyvore. Um, and I got that when I was like 10 or 11. It was one of those like dress up websites, but not like Stardoll. It was like you could create, you could curate items into like these blank sets. Mm-hmm. And then you could pick items from like all these different websites and I like, curate outfits and like occasions and moods and stuff. So that's where I really got started. And from then it pivoted to like Facebook, Twitter, and then Instagram in 2011. And I've just been pushing ever since. You never sure. look back. I never, I can't, guys. <laughs> I, like I said, I've been on social media longer than I've been off. I don't know a life without, without it. it. Like yes. my Twitter account actually got suspended in March last year. I made another one, what guys. Did you say? Like, do you know what? It's who because who, no, who reported you? Do you know what? It's actually TikTok's fault. So I've got some beef. So, you know, with TikTok, with Instagram, they have audio libraries, which yes. they pay licensing fees to the major um, record labels so that you can utilize their music. But Twitter mm-hmm. doesn't. So okay. anytime you post an, a TikTok or an Instagram reel or something with the music onto Twitter, it may take a while, may take a month or two or three, but they're going to find you. <laughs> and when they find you, you you're going to get... have my money. Not even. <laughs> they're going to send you a DMCA. And even if you... Delete the tweet mm. That is still on your record And now that you guys know Because I've suffered so that you don't have to Six strikes and you're out Six is a very arbitrary six. number But six strikes and you're out And they're just like the tax man Baby. They'll wait and wait and wait Until you get to like 30 strikes And they're like Yep, your ass is out of here no, they When you think you've connect. made it in life And you're like I'm, <laughs> this is, I'm sailing I'm cruising now They're like You know <laughs> They always come and collect So that's how I got kicked off But I made another Twitter account because I was just like, yeah. you ain't get rid of me. It's not that easy. Like, I'm I'll still put an underscore. Here. It's okay. <laughs> Literally, point underscore OG. That's the other handle. Like I said, you guys are not getting rid of me that easy. I'm sorry. You're going to have to try a bit harder. And then I thought, one thing about me, I'm a fighter. Not really. I've lied. I've completely lied. I'm so sorry. It just sounded cool in the moment. Um, but I got my account back in December because I'm like, <laughs> surprise, bitch. I thought. I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. I bet you thought you see the last of me. I'm going to And I came back. So, like, like literally it's so integral to not only how I work because obviously now it's more work than anything. It's really just like my lifestyle and the way that I connect with people primarily. Mm-hmm. And whether that's a good or a bad thing is neither here nor there. It just is at this point. That just is. And then how did you end up getting into YouTube? Um, I actually started my YouTube channel in around 26. Do you know what? Let me tell you this story. I started my YouTube channel, I think in 2009, because I, when I started Twitter, it's because I was getting really into Justin Bieber. So I actually used to have, like a, baby, baby, I used to have a Justin baby, Bieber stan oh. account. I was, I actually was like really good at it. I was getting deep into like the stan Twitter vibes. Like I was growing rapidly. Justin Bieber followed that account. Like, and the like, Justin, oh, Justin Bieber. Bieber followed my stan account. I swear to you guys. And ah, up until. Excuse me. We're speaking to somebody who's made it in life. Like, <laughs> shut the front door. Baby. Like, let's take a moment. Where's that pin tweet where he followed? <laughs> and I had it. And I left my stand Twitter days, I think in like 2011. Um, but the somewhere, some, some, somewhere, somewhere, that account exists. I changed the name. I changed the handle. I changed the email address. But I said, I'm not deleting this account because Justin Bieber follows it. So it exists. So I don't even know where it is, but it exists. It's somewhere um, And because of Justin Bieber And all of these like YouTube mm-hmm. starlets Like these young people Who are getting their big break on YouTube And one thing about me I think I'm ridiculously good At everything that I try yeah. And whether or not I am Is neither here nor there Like I'm saying Like like don't worry about the details um, So I was like I'm gonna I'm gonna be on YouTube Like I'm gonna I'm gonna be a singer But mm-hmm. 
I'm not that good. <laughs> like, I wasn't that talented. And then I was like, okay, it's fine. I can be like those accounts that amass lots of subscribers and like views from posting like songs with lyrics. And then I started doing that and I actually got like a pre- pretty decent viewership. But then obviously I kept getting like copyright strikes because it wasn't my songs. And then I just gave up entirely and deleted all of that. But I used the same account to start my YouTube channel in 2016 when Abu Jackie Aina and yes. Jacqueline Hill and uh, Nikki tutorials when all of these beauty YouTubers started like really gaining on popularity and I was like even me I can do it so I just dusted off that YouTube account and I was like I know a thing or two about beauty and this was like shortly after um, my Nigeria trip so I was getting really into learning and I was watching a lot of tutorials and I was like upping my skills and I was like I I'm also really good at teaching. I'm good at explaining things and I'm good at demonstrating things. So I'm going to do my YouTube. And I posted like two videos and then I took like a two-year break. And then <laughs> I Why came back. does this sound like everybody's YouTube journey? They start it, they post one or two or five YouTube videos and then they drop off three, four years later, they start becoming consistent. You know, it's because people often forget just how difficult YouTube as a platform is. They forget how intensive video content is. Like back in 2014, 2013, you really could get away with having a MacBook shooting on like, uh, what is that thing called? The the picture app that they have. Like you could film it there, edit it in iMovie and upload. Like you really could get away with that. But then once it started reaching 2015, 2016, you needed cameras. You needed, mm. yeah, you needed to learn how to edit a bit properly. You needed to know what all mm-hmm. the technical terms were. And you could like pay someone because that's what a lot of people did. They paid people to do like their first or second videos. But then you realize that's really expensive. I can't yes. keep doing that. And then you try to do it yourself and you're just like, what am I doing it's here? It's quite <laughs> like, time consuming. Like, do I even want to be here? Because my first few videos were strictly voiceover because I was even nervous to talk. Like mm. speaking to a camera alone in a room, trying to be charismatic, trying to have like... um an interesting voice or story or narrative like it's a lot of work and pressure and if you don't have it like you don't have it and a lot of people do their one two three videos and realize you know what this isn't for me i don't want to talk it's it's a very vulnerable thing putting yourself out there like that and it's perfectly fair to not want to be perceived like that like it's really really fair um and especially as things have progressed into nowadays where vlog culture is huge and people love being in your business you you realize like I don't think I actually want people in my business like that because it's, it's hard all... to get them out. Exactly. That's exactly it. When things are going well, it's nice. But then when things aren't, they still want to know. And you're like, I don't want to share that. I don't want to share my breakup. I don't want to share like the bad things going on in my life or the issues with my family or my financial difficulties. But people like to see that because they just like things. Like it's not even personal to an extent. They just like drama and people's dubbers mm. and things like mm. that. But at the end of the day, you're still a person. So when people make that executive decision to protect themselves and take a step back from that platform, I get it. Like I get mm. it completely. And I can actually completely relate to that because I myself at this very moment I'm taking a break from TikTok. Mm. <laughs> Are you? I have no more been. fa fa fa. Mm. No. <laughs> I've been taking a break for like the past week. Mm. And That's it's going good. very well because just the pressure of it as yeah. well. And when you're taking this content, as you mentioned, you're alone in a room. So you have you're you're not getting that feedback, you're not getting that interaction yeah. until you actually post it. You don't know how people are gonna perceive this. Exactly. And sometimes people may be like Oh, child, what does that look like that? You know, what does your background look like mm. that? And people are so, they're so judgy. Yeah. No, they're so they mean as well. They like, can be mean. They are 
vicious. Mm. People say whatever they want because they're not saying it to your face. And also there's no accountability. Like mm. they can say words and that's a split second of their life, but they don't know that that impacts you and how you interact mm. with the world mm. for the rest of the year, you know? Yes. So people also feel like when you put yourself out there on a public platform, you're inviting that negativity in your space. Mm. And to a large extent, like you will have to deal with negativity. Sometimes it's constructive, sometimes it's destructive, but like you will have to deal with differing opinions and contrarians and people who think they're edgy and trying mm. to use you for laughs. You will have to deal with all of that on in your journey. But the thing is like, um, they still forget you're a person yes. and you don't like, just because it may become a part of the job doesn't mean you actively have to do it. Like you don't have to be the rudest person in the world to someone just because you can be. And just because they're famous or an influencer, they're supposed to accept it. Mm. There's like this kind of notion that just because you are like um, an influencer or followed on social media, you should expect people to say whatever to you. And it's like, no, you actually can't. Like I'm still a person and when you clap back, then there's attitude like, oh, oh, like, oh. Being so, mm. and I'm like, how come you mm. can say, but I can't? And mm. like, people think that, like, oh, it's my opinion. It's just criticism. I'm allowed to. And I'm like, okay, and I'm allowed to say no, and I'm allowed to talk back yeah. to you, and I'm allowed to say this is unacceptable, or I'm allowed to be sad because of it. Just because you're allowed to say whatever you want doesn't mean I have to take it, mm. or that I have to like deal with it in the way that you expect me to like and i think that's that's one of the the biggest things i've had to reckon with especially this year like people people really will just say whatever and mm. expect you to deal and it's like no i don't want to and we saw this most recently with michelle in damasi where she was being attacked and trolled non-stop mm. and then as soon as she actually started coming back people are like but you're a role model yeah but you're a role model and I was like, okay, yeah, she's a role model to who? But, but it's also, what does a role model me- mean? Does exactly. a role model mean you have to sit back while people spread malicious lies or s- mm. say whatever they want about you, your character, your heritage? They're now talking badly about your family, mm. about the work that you do. Does being a role model mean that you have to just let people do whatever? Surely standing up for yourself is also what you should teach others to do, you know? Yeah. Like you should be allowed to protect your space and protect your peace as much as you want because that's the one thing about the online space that I take very, very seriously is curating my online space and what I want to be exposed to. Like TikTok is one of my favorite platforms purely because the algorithm is very intentional Mm -hmm. and what I want to see, I will see. And what I don't want to see, I don't even know exists. And I feel like that is a way to operate on social media. If you do not want to see a particular type of content, if you don't want to like be involved in a particular topic, just don't be like you know. Yes. You don't. know what I find fascinating is that people will follow accounts that make them angry, and exactly. I'm just like, why would you do that to yourself? You saw the video, you didn't like it, block, uh, unsubscribe, email, walk away. You know what I mean? But you also you going back to some of the things you mentioned, right? Uh, you started off with like YouTube, um, and then you you saw that mm, that might not be my thing, and you've kind of made a return, right? Mm. And I see you everywhere. TikTok, <laughs> Instagram, YouTube. Which doing, is good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Doing like a variety of things. Uh, makeup, vlogs, um, you sharing like mental health and where you're at with that. How did we get to that point where now you feel comfortable in sharing like such a variety of content? Um, I think one of the difficulties with being an influencer is being pegged into a hole that's too tight and then not being given any room to grow. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that I've managed to do throughout my career because of the way that I organically share online is that I've been able to 
number one, grow with my followers. Like I have people who remember me from my blog like 10 years ago. Um, I've been able to grow with people, but also like in that sense, they've given me the space to pivot and change as my lifestyle and my life stage changes. And it's something we see quite a lot with influencers now because people are getting married. They're having children. Like we're not in varsity anymore. Well, not mm. all of us are in varsity anymore. And that's when we met a lot of our followerships is when we were in our late teens, early twenties and we were growing up. And now these people are turning 30. They're having yes. kids. They're getting married and their audience is too. So that gives you a lot more room to grow when you grow with an audience, when you built a community based on shared interests and like actually investing in the content that you're creating and resonating with people with that content. It gives you a lot more room to play with. Um, but it also, it also depends on how you've established certain boundaries in the beginning. So I made sure when I started, like there were certain topics and things that I would never say or never talk about or never like openly or publicly endorse, etc. And those things are mine. And because I've always kept them as mine, people respect that because they've never known it. You know what I mean? Like we laugh about my relationship woes and my singledom. But the thing is like, when I do have a partner, that's none of your business. Like you're never going to see him on my YouTube channel. Cause that's not what you're here for. Like you're yeah. here for me. So let's focus, like let's focus on the honey to get. So I think the boundaries that you establish early on are incredibly important because they persist. And once you overstep that line, you can take it back, but it's just so much harder to take it back. So I think that's, how I've been able to just do a lot of things is because I've always presented myself as a person um, who does many things mm. and sometimes the season will be really into fitness sometimes it'll be really into beauty sometimes it'll be really into fashion but that's just because I'm a person and when people understand that I'm a person first and foremost they give you that room to okay. like have a wiggle room and to grow I like what you just um, said just now that you set the boundaries from mm. the get go. And it's something we see so often with all of these um, couple pages, mm. couple YouTube channels where 100%. they share every single detail of their life from waking up to going to bed mm. to AMs, PMs, every single yeah. aspect. And then the day they break, break up, up, give us our space. Give us our space. Yeah. YouTube which, channel is no, gone. No, no. Which is fair. Like you mm. broke up, you get your space. But at the same time, you must understand why people don't like that. You must understand why people are angry. I was about to say that because I was going to be like, you put me in your business. Literally. And mm. now I want to know how you're dealing with our chat. Yeah. I, I, because I'm used to that. Um, you open the door yes. and now you want to close it. Why? And it's Definitely. like, you do have the right to close the door, but you also must understand people aren't going to like that. Like people are going to be hacked. Yeah. And I think a, a part of me is like, a person that consumes the content, please give me a heads up. Like if you guys break up, tell us. Mm. And then also tell us you need a break. Mm. Because sometimes you know what they do? They post, get love lives here. And then six months has gone and we're like, hi, but what Where's happened? Mang Mang? Yeah. They just go silent. Yeah. They go silent and then they come back and they're like, yes. welcome back yeah. to my channel. And you're like, whoa, last I checked, yeah. you were... And that's why, like, people had a lot of words to say about, like, yo, guys, like, two months ago was what YouTube breakup season. Like, everybody, hey, broke up. everybody hey, just broke up. Everyone. Our favorite couples. And Every like, single Hello, person. what's going on? What's in the air? You know? Like, it was something funny in the end. We, we could all smell it, you get. And what I appreciate was that everyone put out a statement. Yes. And, like, on Twitter and stuff, some people were like, oh, who are you guys? Who are you guys? And I'm like, like no, no, no. These are channels with, like, 50,000 plus subscribers. Yes. People know who they are and they want answers. So this statement yes. is not for you. It's for, for them. On that audience. It's for that yes. audience. And like, even if you're like, give us space during this time, you still, you still let us know what was going on. Yes. And that's, you gave us the update and that's fine. But if I'm being completely 100% dead ass, I hate couples channels. Hate it. Not my Story content. My life. Not my, mm. maybe I'm a hater. Maybe I'm bitter. Whatever. 
that's fine. But like, it's not my thing. If I see you guys happy kissing, I will, I will actually like report the content. Like, I'm, like, I'm a hater like that. Cause my thing is always, oh no, Sims loves, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. do you know what? Good like, for you. I'm, I'm subscribed to like a good 10 couple channels. <laughs> and I'm so happy for you. But as for me and my household, we are haters. L- let me tell you. I'm a hater too. I'm chat. very much single, ne? Yeah. And I don't, I don't binge watch their content. I just like to watch it to see, like, one day some, okay, so this is like, if ever I get a booth thing, like, we're gonna shoot these videos and they're never gonna go out on YouTube. Thing, like, in thing. my mind, in my mind, I'm like, no, 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 I, I just wanna gather content to just, be well, like, I also, I'm like, okay, me and my, we're gonna take pictures like this, we're gonna go here, we're gonna do that. But I'm like, you guys are never, never gonna, gonna see, see it. Like, <laughs> I, I can, I can be with like sappy content, cause I love love, but there's something about the genre of YouTube channels that I yeah. absolutely, and TikTok pages, absolutely, hate them like they just they they bring out the cringe in romance because i'm like you're performing this this is a natural like you're doing this for the camera and i think that's also why i kind of hate it because i'm like the easiest way to make money especially on south african youtube i think is a couple's channel people like things and couples channels and couples and relationships we like those things so that's an easy way to cash grab and I can see people cash grabbing. Like I can see it. And I think that's also why I don't like the content. Cause I'm like, none of this is genuine. You guys hate each other. I can tell. Like, but you guys are busy performing the skit for the camera to show that love is real. Love is dead. Oh, we slipped there. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I have the therapy session after the show. Girl. Too <laughs> well, I have to, I have to confess as well. Um, I actually considered starting a couple's channel at some point. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't even dating at the time. I yeah, was actually getting into a relationship just, just to content, make the and that's content. The thing. People do that. Yes, because brands were actually approaching me and I've been approached about two times before by brands saying to me, actually asking me rather, saying, are you in a relationship? Mm. And I said, nope, single and ready to mingle. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, sharp. Never got back to me. Mm. And I was like, okay. Next thing you know, I see couples posting content for that exact same campaign. It is, love is very monetizable. Whether it's mm. real or not is neither here nor there. If it looks good and can sell, they will sell it. Yeah. So I think mm. that's also a lesson to the listeners. Always take your couples pages and relationship content with a grain of salt. Okay. Yes. But okay. Talking about. Love mm. and it being so easily um monetized. Beauty is also, I would say, one of those <sighs> things that I don't know, it's a bit oversaturated, right? Yeah. And it's almost like if I wanted to become an influencer, the easiest and fastest way, makeup. Yeah. Let me show you the the tricks, the what, the do's, the don'ts, get ready with me, face beat, face off. And I just want to get your thoughts on the beauty space and the digital uh, creator space. Cause there's been an argument with professional makeup artists, influencers, who should get the bag, who shouldn't get the bag. <laughs> so yeah. You know what? The thing about influencers, especially in the beauty space is that people think it's a lot easier than it is. And that's why so many people start, but not everyone sticks with it. Mm. Similar with YouTube. Like you think it's as simple as just doing a tutorial and posting it and then the hoes gonna love this. Mm. Not really, because as, as you've mentioned, it's so saturated. Like there are millions of people doing it. So people forget that like the, the, the marketing, the branding, the business behind the influencer economy also matters. And that is the only way that you can separate yourself and build an engaged 
followership is if you actually try, like you have to bring something unique to the table. You have to have a perspective, a personality, something to let people buy into because it's really not as simple as just filming a tutorial and uploading it. And then you get 50,000 followers. Like Mm. it is a very long and hard road and it is, it's lucrative. Mm -hmm. It's very lucrative. And for a lot of people, it seems like easy money. Mm. Um, But that's also because they aren't actually doing the work and they aren't able to do the work all the time. You think it's a one-off post and Mm. then you can make 10,000 rand and then you're done. You have to keep doing that all the time. You have to keep bringing fresh perspectives. You have to keep bringing innovative looks or teaching new techniques or trying out new products. You have to invest a lot. You have to buy a lot of stuff. You do get sent a lot of stuff, but you get sent a lot of junk. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like. So you get sent a lot of like stuff that you don't even use. So you still find yourself having to spend a lot of money and invest in your craft. So that's not to say that no one should try and enter the beauty market. I just think, especially because of YouTube, like the, the real prominence of like your Nikki tutorials, Jackie Ines, Jacqueline Helms, like that era of YouTube, it made people think the easiest way to success was mm. through beauty. And so many of the people who started in beauty aren't in it anymore like they may still be influential they may still have a high following but you'll notice they're not posting beauty content yes because trying to be a beauty youtuber or content creator is not necessarily easy and it does get repetitive and that's what where the challenge also comes in how do you keep things fresh how do you keep things new how do you keep people engaged so i think the one thing that i will say is that i forgot the question um but the second thing i'll say is just Content creation in the beauty space, it's saturated, but there's still room. But I think it's not the only way to get where you need to go. Like we were discussing earlier that like I watch some really random content on TikTok. Mm. Like I love that sort of thing, like really niche groups because it's their thing and they're passionate about it and they can teach you something new and do it in an interesting manner and educate you and they're mm. captivating. And that is more important than makeup. And especially the longer your career gets, it's how captivating you, how, how engaging you are, how you respond to your followership, how you treat people and how you build a community. That's what will get you longevity. And that's also what's going to get you paid. Mm. Speaking of getting paid. Yes, babe. <laughs> Our first um, question was, how much is in the bank? I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, babe, I feel like there's like 900 grand. <laughs> um, tell us about your very first campaign, getting started in the monetization of your content. Do you know, you I was actually speaking one? to my, my mom about that um, on Sunday because um, I was having issues with my bank. And I'm literally the only one in my family who has a different bank than the rest of my family. And it's because in matric... Like I said, I was a blogger before anything. In my trick, my first paid blog post was from Gumtree. They wanted me to pump Gumtree, you know? I had a Polaroid camera that I got. It was the big Polaroid, so I couldn't carry it anywhere. So I wanted to sell it and get the smaller one. I never actually got the smaller one. I still don't have a Polaroid camera to this day. Anyways, um, you can send me one if you would like. I would love one. Anyways. Same yeah. Thank you very much. My birthday is the 20th of March. the 30th of March. Oh my God! Uh, but but like um so they they paid me 300 rand for a blog post. Are you 18 at the time? That's a lot of money, guys. Babe, babe, 
And the thing is, like, I actually didn't really get an allowance from my parents. Like, I and <laughs> I have two older sisters, and it's like my parents forgot like inflation existed. So like the allowance they were getting, that's what I was getting too. And this was like six years later. So I was just like, guys, I have no money. So that was money to me. And I was like, I'm gonna put this in that bank account. But then Gumtree, I think they were being very naughty for this. They wanted to pay me via PayPal. And um FMB at the time was the only bank that um you could withdraw PayPal. So I opened through there and I struggled for like weeks to link my PayPal account. Eventually my dad just gave me 300 rand in cash and then I PayPal'd it to him and it was just sitting in his account <laughs> because I just couldn't figure it out. But that was my first ever wow. paid like partnership paid mm-hmm. gig was me um posting about Gumtree, a cool place that I'm selling my camera. You can sell your things too, blah, blah, blah for 300 rand. That's my first gig. Yeah. <laughs> do not do, do not despise the, the days, days of, of beginnings, Dude, you know? Literally. Like 300 rand and then like a couple of years later, I'm sure you saw the chat at the 30,000s, the what? Huh, inshallah. inshallah. <laughs> and if you're not there yet, so I'm speaking it into existence. <laughs> I receive it. I receive it. And then what goes into your content strategy? Because now we want to find out more about your content creation and how, how exactly you go about that. So do you have a content strategy or do you just wake up and go like, today I'm doing lashes or today I'm doing something slightly different. Let's just spice it up. So it's a mix of both. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one thing that's important for creators to do is to have like an overview and to every now and then to sit down and redefine what you're doing and why you do what you do. And I think the past year and, and a bit, I've had to sit down and reckon mm-hmm. with myself quite a bit. And I was like, you know what? I really miss makeup. Like I love makeup so much and makeup was always a form of creativity for me. So is this I'm where a- the seven days, seven faces came exactly. about? Okay. So I, if you look at my earlier blog posts, like I really loved like conceptual, um, uh, photo shoots and fashion and makeup looks. And I wasn't very good at makeup back then, but I just loved the way that makeup could help transform like this like vision board of this dystopian future that you wanted to shoot or this baddie outfit or whatever, like makeup could really elevate it. So I'd love to do those types of shoots. And then as I grew up and as I was at school and I was always trying to get into the influencing game, I very much watered down that creative side of myself was because I couldn't afford it really. And when the pandemic hit, I was just like, I can't even do like your date night makeup tutorial anymore because there's no more date nights because there's no more outside. So what else am what I doing? What dates are you going on? Solo dates. <laughs> We're going to have a problem here. Like, you're fighting now. You're fighting. At this point, you are fighting. She's always ready to be violent. <laughs> and then when I turn it back on you, it's not going to be nice. When I start picking at you, it's not going to be funny. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I it's take a good joke. Back. It's a great joke for you. But like the point was, there won't be those types of like occasion driven makeup props. Yes. And I was just like, okay, this is also a really cool time to get back to the things that I love doing, which was being creative and trying to conceptualize different things and trying to really push myself. So when lockdown came around and Kay Arms was doing 21 Beats for Kay as a way to push herself, I was just like, you know what? I can't do that. That's too many. It's too much. Can't think of anything. But what I can do is set myself some like specific challenges, like just for a week, each day has a prompt to like drive the creativity mm-hmm. instead of you waking up and trying to think what you're going to do. And then we move like that. And then 10 rounds later, um, which brings us to now, like that was definitely a great way to get back into my creative bag. But what was the question? The question was, how do you decide oh, what yeah. you're posting? So, <laughs> so after all of that, um, it made me like sit down and think about like, 
what do I actually want to do and what do I want to say? How, what do I want yeah. my content to say? Because a lot of times it's content for the sake of content. And exactly. in my personal life, I found myself being very repetitive with the makeup that I did. Like I found my routine and it was my routine. And how many times do you want to see that? You know, like what, what else can I show you? And that's when I was like, above all else, I love educating. So mm. I sat down and I said, okay, let's do a series because I was still getting questions on like how do i buy a foundation or mm. how do i contour how do i and i was like guys we did this five years ago what's what's going on mm. and then i realized like there's still a need for that type of content to exist so on my youtube and on my instagram i was like let's take things back let's break things down into like little bite-sized targeted videos that address specific concerns let us do that so i started writing a list of like specific topics that i wanted to cover and then i was like okay in fashion how do we want to do fashion do you want to do styling do you want to do hauls do you want to do this do you want to do that lifestyle do I want to do restaurant reviews? Do I want to do things that you can travel to? Do I want to do travel vlogs? Blah, blah, blah. So I started creating content pillars across like the major categories of content I create and then breaking those pillars down into like little series or just content ideas. Okay. And then I try and do bits of both in a month. So I may not be like, okay, this week we're going to do ABC, but I'll mm-hmm. be like, in this month, I want to make sure that I vlog. I need to post some makeup videos. I need to do this and that. And then sometimes I'll wake up and do everything in one day. Like sometimes you have a good day and you'll film all your content at once and that'll last you for a month plus. Other times you will fight every single day of your life just to get a YouTube video out and it'd be like that. So I think it was a mix of both like understanding the content, like pillars that I have and what goes into them. And then I just wake up and say, what do you want to do? I'm very bad at answering questions. No. That was a really long-winded no. story in the beginning. I, who, girl, what, what's <laughs> going on once. right now? No, 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 no. What was that? Like, who said we didn't give you the stank eyes? No, sh- I was just like, how did we get here? <laughs> it's the rosé chair. Yeah, like, I, I literally said before you started, I was like, guys, I just be talking. Like, if you do not stop me, I will just child, keep talking. Child, let me tell you something. I said to you, the minute we fall asleep, that's when you know you need to shut up. Mm, Have yes, you fallen yes. asleep? No. I do have a question for you. In some of your YouTube videos, you've opened up about your mental health. Yes. So how difficult or how easy has it been to kind of like sometimes take a break on doing the expected, which is makeup, and then be like, yo, guys, I'm having a good day, or y'all, I'm not having a good day? I think that was one of the benefits that came with marketing myself as a person, Mm -hmm. is that it affords you a lot of grace. Like when people are... Are invested in you as like a human being Mm -hmm. They understand when life goes downhill Which it inevitably does And they don't push you for content Because they also know it's not going to be at your best Like I'll never forget the one time I was going through it And like someone commented on my YouTube video Like I can see the sadness in your eyes And I was like what am I supposed to do with that? Like why would you say that? (laughs) Like and I think I took a break on YouTube after that Because I was like "Mm, maybe let's stop being sad And then we'll come back So like people really can tell when you're not operating from your best self And it's not to say that you always need to explain yourself, but like people also like knowing that they're not alone because we are all going through it. Like life is tough for us all. So when you are open about your own struggles, it makes people feel a bit better about theirs. Also just like that they're not alone. And then what I typically tend to do is I only talk about my struggles when they're kind of in the past tense or when I'm coming out of them. Mm -hmm. Like if I, if things are going downhill, I'll be like, Hey, things are bad. And then I'll dip for a while and then I'll come back and I'll be like, okay, this is what was going on. This is how I found my way out of it. This is what I'm doing. These are the things and the tools that I'm using. And like, People enjoy that because it also helps them. Like when they're down, like yes. it helps them know what to do or what to try or how to prevent it and things like that. So it definitely is another way to build community because you're building from an honest and an authentic place. And when you don't take the breaks, 
your content suffers. Like that's one of the worst things about content creation is that like literally every day it's me. Like mm. I have to be at the forefront. I have to be the face of, I have to speak. I have to do my makeup. I need to be on. Mm. And when you're off, like you can't do that. And the even worse part beyond like not interacting and like disappointing your followers is that like, you don't make money. Like, if you don't work, you don't make money. So sometimes you have to suck it up and just push anyway. But when you're afforded that little break of work, like taking that time out allows you to recharge and come back better. 100%. And I love how you answer like two questions all in one go. Yeah. It's like, oh, chat. Okay. Stop. 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 Okay. okay. Question. <laughs> because I was just about to ask, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with it when you get to those points of, um, those, those self-doubts, those, that, 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 um, anxiety as well, because it builds up. Yeah. You know that social media anxiety just before you post. Oh, or just yeah. after you post. Like you think to yourself, yo, chill, especially after you blow up. One thing that I really like doing is being very intentional when I post, even if it doesn't seem intentional. Mm. I'm posting because I want to post today. If I don't want to post today, I won't post. Even if I'm just posting cuck and I'm talking crap and we're just laughing and bantering, mm-hmm. I'm doing that because I want to. And if I don't want to, you're not going to see me. Like yeah. if I'm out and I don't want to film anything, if I don't want to vlog, if I don't want to snap at group, I won't. I will even run from cameras. I will dodge cameras. Like when I don't want to be perceived, I will not. <laughs> like when I'm, when I'm up, I'm up. When I don't want to be up, I don't want to be up because I've tried shooting content when I'm like not feeling my best or feeling insecure in my body or anxious or whatever. And it sucks. Like the content really sucks. So I'm really just like, if I'm not into it, I'm just not going to do it. Like just not today. We'll try again tomorrow. And I think protecting yourself in that regard has been very helpful for me because then when I do post, when I am back, I'm ready for it. Like I know what it entails and I'm in a comfortable enough place to put myself out there like that. Like I am ready to be back on YouTube. So I'm going to post a video. If I'm not ready back to come back, I won't post a video because I know it won't be my, uh, my best. I know I'm going to be very anxious about it. I know that I'm not going to feel comfortable with what I've created. So truly understanding yourself and your limitations and affording yourself that grace not even like your followers giving you that grace you giving yourself that grace to be like i'm not into it right now so i'm not just not gonna do it like your content schedule unless you work for a brand that has a content schedule like your content schedule is yours you can move things around you can take a break you can bump other things up you can switch the order as you see fit and you must take those liberties because like trying to force yourself onto a content deadline you will not give your best and people will notice and then it will be in vain because you just did all of that work for no reason. So I think it's really important to just get in touch with who you are and what you consume and what you like to consume and what you like to create online. That way, you know, when you're, when you're in it and when you're not, and when you're not, you take that step back, you go back to the drawing board, you, you go back to your vision statement of what you're here to do and what you want to achieve, what content you want to create, what message you want to give out. Also like, um, It helps you to watch other creators, to energize you, to brush up on your skills, to try something new, to pick a different medium. You take that step back until you feel like yourself and then you come back and people will, they will be more, like I said, gracious than you think, Mm -hmm. but also like they'll be more appreciative that you're giving them your best because they can see that like you are back and you're pushing. I love that. My final question for you. What's the one thing you've learned about yourself since you've started this, um, Creator journey Um, Ironically I think it's that I'm more introverted Than I thought I think 
I don't know, because of childhood, whatever, loneliness, blah, 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 blah. I really wanted to like have this super extroverted personality. And I think social media and YouTube gives me that place to be extroverted. Like I love going to events and I love seeing my peers and my friends and stuff. I love interacting with people. But then after that, I won't leave my house for a week. <laughs> like I really enjoy, I've learned to really enjoy the solitude. I've learned to enjoy my downtime. I really learned to enjoy myself and my space. This is my first time that I'm living alone in my apartment on my dime. Like I'm fully independent right now and I get to control my life in a way that I've never quite controlled it before. Because before you were in school, you were in varsity, you had to do mm. what your parents it's wanted. Or somebody you else's schedule. Do you get it? Now it's my schedule. And I really, really love that. And I love that. Like there are days I don't talk. I don't say a word. What? I don't say a word. I say nothing. And people are really shocked by that and really shocked about my introverted nature and how I like to be alone and do nothing, play games on my phone and just like lie down on the couch. Like I love lying down so much. But then when people see me, they think I'm like, I love the club. I'm always up. I'm always out. And I'm like, when last did you see me out? <laughs> like, let's when be last? honest. Let's be honest. <laughs> I like, even if you do, it's because that's what I've chosen to share that moment. Yeah. I don't share my downtime. I keep certain things private for me. Mm. And I've, I've really learned to cherish also that boundary that I've created, like keeping things to myself, like the, the era of Finsta and close friends and Twitter circle. I really love. Mm. The, the the bigger I get, the more I love a smaller circle, like a, a more curated space where I can just be free without having to like self-monitor how I am online. I like it. I love like just having a space where if I want to have a meltdown, I can do it privately. Like private spaces have become really, really sacred to me. And like my house is also that private space. So I love to be introverted. I love to like wild to myself and like 10 friends. Like I like that space outside of like a public life and being able to create that boundary has been something I really enjoy nowadays because it's like when you're up, when you're up and you're down, you're down and you can be down privately. <laughs> and then my final question for you is um, what, what advice would you give to those people or those, those young girls at home who are actually watching your content on YouTube, but thinking to themselves, yo, she has goods. <laughs> I could never do this. Could never be me. Could never be me. <laughs> I sometimes could, babe. like you really just have to, try and you know sometimes i like to think of myself as delusional and i think to a certain extent you have to be and everyone is mm. and i've seen some really terrible content online mm. like really terrible bad quality mm. poorly produced poorly shot poorly poorly direct like terrible stuff but it's it's doing well it's popular mm. because People connect with people and you can always get better equipment. You can always get better makeup. You can always get better like sound tools and teams and whatever. But if you have that thing inside you, people will resonate and you'll find your tribe eventually. You just have to be brave enough to put yourself out there. So it's like people always like to say like start where you are. And it's truly like it's true. You have to start where you are with what you've got because who you are is the most important tool that you'll ever have as a content creator. People are more invested in who you are and your perspective on what you have to say than the topic itself. Like there are people who do not have children, never can be pregnant, never want to be pregnant, but they live in Rue's TikTok comments about what she eats every single day because they love Rue and they love her mother and they love how she speaks. They love how they interact. Like, that is what draws people in. So you can be your own route. You can mm. start 
in whatever capacity you have and give your unique perspective on the topic that you've got. And you can upgrade later. You can upgrade in time or maybe never upgrade at all. That could just be your thing. So you actually just have to have a little bit of a delusional self, um, sense of self. And try yourself out because you never know when it's going to be you. And it could be your time right now, but because you're too busy doubting, you're going to mm. miss it. And once you've missed it, it'll it's- take forever for it to come back. Man, yeah. I loved what you just said. You reminded me of this famous saying, people do business with people that they like. Yeah. And I think we can almost say that people watch content of the people they like. 100%. There's always going to be a better makeup artist, a better fitness influencer, a better fashionista. Yeah. They are better people. They are the best people in the world. But if you don't care, it doesn't actually matter. Like your credentials don't matter if people don't like you or aren't interested in your perspective or don't relate to you in any way because they think you're just some robot behind the screen. So you have your thing. Use what you've got. Like use your unique perspective, yourself. Use it and see where it takes you. Thank you so much. You... Are amazing. You're phenomenal. Um, Thank you. She did mention that she lives like down the road from here, so I'm gonna be popping by, oh, girl. girl. <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you where I live. <laughs> I'm just gonna be like, girl, I got you some rosé. Open up the door. The gates. I will leave you there, child. You will stand outside in the streets. Oh my word! But thank you so much for joining us. Um, I've learned a lot. I think every time we have a guest. I'm just like, he's speaking to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not like thinking you're speaking to Ryan or anybody else. I'm like, no chat, you're speaking to me. Oh. And I just need to get serious and get consistent with my content. And the greatest thing about consistency is that it looks different to everyone. It doesn't mean you have to post like three times a week. Your consistency could be once a month. I know. But that's for you. And it's like, I, I started, I'm doing it, I'm going. And hey, as an Aries, one thing we're very bad at is finishing what we start. So like, just try. For my sake. Okay, but it is. Oh, by the way, oh, right? Oh, that's just being left out. <laughs> What's your sign? I am a Virgo. I'm all about that Virgo's group. Okay. I know nothing about Virgos except Beyonce. So, good job. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. And by the way, Ryan is our producer. Yeah. Shout out, Ryan. <laughs> um, but thank you so much. This was another dope podcast. Um, I'm, I'm learning a lot. I hope you're learning a lot. Um, and as per usual, I got dragged. And uh, I look forward to be. Continuing to be dragged, but I am Cynthia Zamagilam Teta, and that is Mash, and you'll continue being dragged. Thank you so much for listening, guys, and thank you so much to our guest as well. Thank you so much for having me. You are great, girl. <laughs> thank you. You are amazing. Oh, thank just you so like, much. What? <laughs> you said like fun. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Thank you for listening. Oh, remember Bye. to like, comment, and subscribe. Yes. <laughs> Leave a comment. <laughs> And last one. (laughs) Please. Cliffcentral.com